This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton with Andrew Cherkasky. Dave, that opening never gets old. Good afternoon. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Andy. And I got to tell you, you know, as I'm, as I put the news on today, which I promised I wasn't going to do, but I did, you know, I get sucked in and uh, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to all this negativity. You know, there's so much negativity around there right now. This is the time, ladies and gentlemen, shut the news off, focus on your businesses, focus on the data that you're receiving from the companies that you utilize and start rolling your sleeves up and get to work. Yeah. Let me summarize the news for you. The numbers are up in some places. They're down in other places. People don't like wearing masks. Some don't care about wearing masks. People want to get back to work and people want to open their businesses. That's about the news. And then all of the politics that come along with it. I mean, here's what we know. We know that businesses are starting to open. We know that it's critical for businesses to be responsible in the way that they're doing it. And we know that there's a lot of people out there who are resisting hardcore to the new style of living. And it's blowing my mind because, you know, I know what you're going to say and I know how you feel and I feel the same way. (laughs) I'm out there and I see people with no masks on and I want to scream at them. I want to roll my window down and go, what are you doing? You know, come on, you know, think of others. You know, if you're going to go out, put a mask on. I mean, I'm seeing people on the news go berserk about not wearing a mask. I mean, I, I guess there's a few people in our country who maybe have a medical condition serious enough that they would rather not wear a mask than get COVID and put other people at risk. But it is too much to see these people. And then you got the silent majority who are willing to to take responsible measures in order for our economy to start to recover. Uh, more on this discussion in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by DCG Capital. DCG Capital's lender relationships can provide new car dealers with working capital loans, floor plan financing, mortgage loans, and other reduced interest rate financing at historically low rates. Contact DCG Capital at DaveCantonGroup.com. Dave, we've got an amazing guest today. I I want you to tell me about him, and I, I know that there's a personal connection there, so I'd like to hear that too. Who do we have on the show? Look, today we have the former CEO of Hyundai Motor America, Dave Zukowski. You know, we've been speaking about two things these past 44, 45 episodes that we've heard from every great executive and dealer principal. And those two things are leadership and communication. And Dave Zukowski, what he has done in his lifetime of being one of the greatest CEOs and executives there has been is being able to communicate with his dealers, being able to lead the manufacturer and his teams. And that's why Hyundai thrived the way that it did under his helm or at him at the helm. And, and it has the success it has today. You know, we're going to hear some in, extremely informative information from Dave that's going to be beneficial for everyone that's listening to this podcast. I'm super excited. You know, here's what I'm interested in. He is a former CEO of a major manufacturer, and I want to know now that he's on the outside, I want to get some of that perspective of what's going on on the inside. Now he's in positions where he's helping folks, he's advising, etc. But I want to see what he's thinking about those in control, in charge. I, that's kind of where I want to get uh, info from him. And I want to challenge him. I want to ask him if he was the CEO today, what would he be doing differently? Well, I'm glad that we're uh, planning this out because let's get him on the line and ask these questions. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this afternoon, we have Dave Zukowski, 
Dave, good afternoon, and how are you today? Good afternoon, Dave. I'm doing great, thanks. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, and it's so great to hear your voice. We have such a long history together. Everyone knows, uh, especially as the former CEO of Hyundai, uh, look, you know, this is obviously a, a time for everyone to utilize every resource at their disposal. Uh, we know that you are one that, that has been able to lead uh, your teams through uh, many crises, especially the 08 and 09. You know, we wanted to bring you on for so many reasons. Uh, everyone knows you're a dear friend. But more importantly uh, than that, talk to us about what, what, how you would recommend a dealer principal to lead their teams through this uh, crisis? How do, how do they get through COVID-19 and, and focus on the future? Well, that's a great question. And, and the thing that I've always loved about dealers is whether it's the financial crisis, w w whether it's a Gulf War, whatever it is, the dealers are amazingly resilient. Uh, they, may not, they may not proactively address issues as they need to, but when, you, when it gets into reaction mode and their reality changes, there is nobody better in the world and turning things around and, and, and addressing whatever the new reality is and implementing changes to make sure out of survival's sake that they, they see their way through. And I've never seen them in now 38 years in the business. I've never seen them not figure it out really quick, put things in place to address it short term, and then work through those and make those a part of their operating processes going forward. And I see that happening right now with uh, COVID. You know, Dave, I see you as uh, such a... a uh, having such a perspective over so many different areas of the industry. And I have to agree with you about the resilience of the industry. But can I challenge you to be a little bit critical of what you see leaders in the automotive industry doing wrong right now or, or missteps that you think that folks might be taking during this period? Well, here, here is my initial take on it is, if there is two things that any dealer should be investing in uh, right now, it's his people, because at the end of the day, his people are going to have to deliver whatever it is, has to be done at his store and represent his brand and do all that. So invest in your people. And I think a lot of people before the uh, uh, government program came out, a lot of people were furloughing employees out of necessity, certainly understandable. But, but I think getting the team back together, knowing that they're going to have to be with you rowing, uh, every step of the way is critically important. And I think also investing in uh, data and technology as is required to get through this because a traditional approach uh, to this problem is not going to work. It's going to take a more non-traditional approach. It's going to be uh, data-driven. It's going to be technology-driven. And more than anything else, and like it has been in the last 100 years, it's going to be people-driven. You know, Dave, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And that's exactly what we've been hearing speaking to all the executives from Cox Automotive, as we know that they're involved in many different data type companies that help the auto industry thrive uh, on a daily basis. Dave, one of the things that I loved and I adored about having you at the helm of, at Hyundai when I was a Hyundai dealer was your level to communicate with the dealers. You know, there, it was, the, you know, one of the greatest things as a dealer was being able to communicate directly with the CEO of the manufacturer. And you were that person. You were that guy that was never afraid to get on the phone, help a dealer out. If you were the CEO today, what would you be doing differently? What would you be doing to help assist those dealers? Well, I, I would really, and I, and I did this without crisis, but in the auto industry, and the industry itself is very resistant to change. 
and and it generally requires a burning platform before you jump, right? So there has to be a mandate to change. So so I so I have been in my my last five years in the industry, I was really pushing for um, uh, the whole idea of digital retailing. That was actually before it was called digital retailing, and digital retailing has has been around and been talked about and been trending long before uh, COVID ever surfaced. But I would encourage dealers that they have they have got to get behind digital retailing. If nothing else, what this crisis has taught us is that when there are times when people are going to avoid the risk of exposure and have to worry now about social distancing and have to worry about all those things that we've never really dealt with before, you sure as hell better have uh, redundant and parallel processes that take every step of the retail sales pro- process you have for in-store and duplicates it, replicates it for online. It can't just be shopping. It can't just be vehicle configuration. It can't just be a payment calculation. You need to have processes in place for titling and licensing and, and credit apps and financing and all those tough and difficult and complex things, yeah, you're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to assume that this is not going to be the only pandemic that we deal with. And, that, and sort of like I go back to 9-11 and all the airport security measures they brought in place in 9-11, they haven't gone away. So so people just, they adapt to the changes. And I think people are going to remain um, risk averse and, 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 and people are going to behave differently at sporting events and in bars and certainly in dealerships. So you need to get your processes accelerated to the point that anything you want to do with the consumer, it's a, it's a redundant and identical process that can be done online. And so you really leave it to the consumer's discretion. Do I want to do an online experience? Do I want to do an in-person experience? You pick and choose. And we have to have the access to all that disparate data from all those different sources, that's got to be readily available so that when a consumer goes from online to in-store, he doesn't start all over again, doesn't have to give his you know social security number over again, he doesn't have to tell him what VIN he's interested in, all that exists in a system. And that's where we have to go to now. You need to have everything online that exists on the in-store experience. Oh, very, very reasonable advice there. I guess, let me transfer the discussion from kind of looking back and what you should be doing in the immediate to your perspectives on the future. So obviously this isn't going to be a light switch on and off. What do you see for the industry in six months, 12 months, 18 months? What do you see for the future? Yeah, I I see what I just described and, and, and really it's a, it's an, end-to-end marketing platform that's agnostic, that can communicate against all these different systems and provide all the activities. That doesn't happen overnight. A lot of the technology exists now, but but you you need to start now getting there. There is, um, you know, for instance, the the state, you know, when the DMV shut down, um, there was no way to, to, to transact a, a vehicle. So So the DMVs are now increasingly going to you know, online or, or e-titling and e-registering and things like that. So, so we need to get there. That's where we need to go. And, and, and um, I think there's been reluctance to do that because they're making really good money and the industry levels are record levels, but this isn't going to go back to the way it was before. This is a, a picture of what it's going to look like going forward. So we really got to move it at, at full speed ahead and we're going to have to rely on 
technologies that we haven't traditionally looked at in automotive, like blockchain is going to allow us to, to access and communicate across disparate systems. And it's going to provide the security that people are comfortable for licensing and titling and things like that. So, so there's new technologies that are coming and, and this whole online adaption has to happen sooner rather than later. We just, we, we can't underestimate, underestimate the power of that. And that in and of itself can change the entire structure of a dealership and how things are operated in a dealership. When, when I was in California, they, when they were um, shutting things down and we went to a skeleton crew as a, as a quasi essential business on the sales side anyway, um, we ended up with uh, a guy on the desk, a, a person in F&I, a uh, person in Internet who served a, quasi, a, a dual role, sort of a hybrid role, taking appointments for people coming into the showroom. And there was three or four people in the showroom. And you know what? It worked pretty good. And so now you got to think moving forward. Um, I've always been a big proponent that the current structure, dealership structure, is very top-heavy. It's very management-heavy. There's two salesperson for every manager in a dealership. That's a lot of overhead. And really, we have to look at a way to stream, streamline the dealership. And I think the pandemic might have taught us more than anything else that maybe we've let ourselves get too fat. And maybe the days of, you know, 15 salespeople, Dave, or in your case, a lot more than that, um, sitting on the showroom floor waiting for a showroom up to come in are over with. And maybe it's done more by appointment. And, and maybe things are done completely differently. And maybe that doesn't require nearly as much overhead. And maybe the salesperson's role is different and it's broader. And that allows us to attract you know, Apple genius bar type of people to the automotive business, which we haven't been able to do in the past because the job is different than lining and closing. So the implications of the pandemic are huge for the auto business because we've always been seen um, as a laggard in, in you know, the, the, the ability to um, um, do things online in terms of improving the customer experience by 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 digitalizing all of our processes. We we all want to be like Facebook and we all want to be like Google and Amazon or Apple, maybe even Tesla, but but we haven't done we haven't wanted to pay the price. And I think this gives us the opportunity uh, to pay that price and to get there, and it's going to be worth it. Dave, I couldn't agree with you anymore. As I sit back and look at what's going on now, and I speak to the executives and the dealers around the country. Then I look back to years ago, owning and operating one of the largest single point dealerships in the world. And I say to myself, wait, I had 40 salespeople. Did I need 40 or maybe did I need 20? And as you peel back the onion and throughout this pandemic, as you're, as you're looking closely at each individual that you have employed in your dealership and what their role and responsibility is, you start to say, wait, do I need that? Can someone else be picking up that job description and job duty? And I think as dealers are restructuring after bringing back the furloughed employees and really looking at in all aspects of a car dealership, you can see a staff going down drastically in size. And that doesn't mean that the buck's going to stop. It doesn't mean business is going to stop. It actually means it might improve. It actually means that there are areas of where expense structure is going to be more closely paid attention to. And this has brought a lot of attention towards restructuring and making sure you have the proper infrastructure to move forward post-COVID-19 into the next scenario that might happen. You know, Dave, you know, being one of the greatest CEOs and executives in the automotive industry, I must say, because that's how I look at you. Now I know you've transitioned as a senior partner into Motor Minds. Tell me a little bit about Motor Minds. What is it? What are you doing? Well, there, there's about 80 um, 
consultants, automotive consultants, that uh, really they are a, um, if you think about it, they are a innovation and technology broker, if you will. So their their sweet spot is there's a bunch of um, X tier one supplier and OEM execs that have real world experience in the field and have access to um, um, key clients. And what MotorMinds does is they collect all this great thinking. They they are they have a really fully fleshed out um, robust process for identifying emerging technologies and, and getting involved with early start companies that have a great idea but don't have the capital or the know-how on taking that great idea to market. So they basically vet the idea. They run through a, a very robust uh, appraisal process, try to figure out if you can if you can scale this technology to make sense what the competitive landscape looked like is there a value proposition there and they do all of that and then, then they've got a group of what we call innovation labs which are very progressive dealers across the country that will take this idea and they'll actually test it out for us in in, in a real world setting let us know if it works let us know if it makes sense is it something that we can monetize and once you've tested it out and proven uh, the concept then we can turn around and use in the context of the consultants, we can get a seat with the, the Coxes of the world or the GMs of the world and talk to them about the implications of this for their business. And it, and it may be a marketing solution. It may be a connected car solution. It may be autonomous vehicles. There is two different uh, verticals within the organization. And it's a hotbed for innovation and technology and connecting um, early stage companies with established uh, clients and, and providing that interface. So it's it's fun for me in that, you know, you know, I've got the contacts in the industry that I can have good conversations. I'm gonna protect my personal personal brand and not talk to them about something that I don't believe in. And it puts you on the bleeding edge, if you will, of the latest and greatest emerging technology. I mean, it's really, really an exciting place to be. Wow, sounds absolutely fantastic, Dave. And it seems like, you know, you're enjoying yourself. I know you had a major transition from uh, Orange County down to Jacksonville, Florida, and seems like you're enjoying yourself and probably playing some good, uh, good matches of golf out there. And look, it's great to hear your voice. And we're so thankful for you to come on to the show. As I said before, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest executives, one of the greatest CEOs this industry has ever had, Dave Zukowski. It's so great to hear your voice and have you on the show. Thank you so much. Stay healthy and stay safe, Dave. You too, Dave. Great talking to you. Thanks. Dave, that was just about as insightful as it gets. I mean, what a figurehead in the industry, somebody who's really legendary at this point, and now going from his executive leadership positions to helping others. Uh, this was a, a very impressive and very informative interview. You know, Andy, it was just great to hear from someone who's kind of been through a crisis before, maybe not as serious as COVID, but pretty serious. I mean, this is a guy that's been through 01911, leading a, a manufacturer, been through the 0809 recession, and basically took Hyundai to the top post 0809 and really helped their helped its dealers uh, thrive. And he's he's a leader, and and the information that he was able to provide today, uh, I think, is spot on. You know, this is not going to be the you know, roll your sleeves up, hands-on type te te technique. This is going to be where we really need to rely more on data now than ever before. No kidding. I hope after as many years as he served at the helm of Hyundai, he's finding time now to uh, enjoy the golf course.
Yeah, well, from what you said, it's a pretty good course, huh? <laughs> That's right. He, he he was telling us he lives at a, a beautiful TPC course down in Florida. So good for him. Uh, great interview. It was a great interview. You know, look, it's more interviews like this that are going to help us look more towards the future. We're done speaking about the past. We're done speaking about the last eight weeks. You know, we're, from here on in, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to help guide you through this and talk about the future, how we're going to surge, and how we're going to show our resilience and our grit as we're the greatest industry there is. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. Stay healthy and stay safe. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.